Welcome to the Essence of Health Tea Time Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Shayla Toons-Withers. As a double board certified family and obesity medicine physician with over 12 years of experience in medicine, I teach motivated individuals how to achieve their desired quality of life while preventing and reversing chronic diseases. It's tea time. What part of your health journey is most challenging? Is it the actual effort of sticking to a plan? The cooking and the meal planning? The exercise routine? Not enough time for everything you think you need to do? Or the confusion of it all? If you said yes to any of these obstacles, then keep listening to learn how you can smash these problems just by checking your email. You check your email inbox every day already, but what if checking your inbox brought you better health instead of the stress it sometimes can bring? Well, I have news for you. You can improve your health, get a jump start on improving your health conditions, and start to feel like a better version of you just by checking your email inbox over the next five days when you join the free Nourish and Flourish five-day challenge. You'll get health tips, actionable videos, a goal and habit tracker, and healthy recipes every day for five days. Better health is the best investment you'll ever make, and this is only a small investment of your time. You have nothing to lose but everything to gain. The Nourish and Flourish 5-Day Challenge was designed to set the foundation for healthy habits for life. Say yes to yourself today and sign up now at drshayla.com forward slash NF challenge. I'll also place these details in the show notes. The essence of health is in you. See you in your inbox. On today's episode of the Essence of Health Tea Time podcast, I have a special guest, Dr. Janice Brown. Dr. Brown is a rehab medicine specialist, originally from St. Croix, United States Virgin Islands, who was raised by parents who understood the importance of natural living. She never forgot this during her medical training. She now offers integrative pain management in the traditional clinic setting, as well as life coaching for chronic pain sufferers who want a more personalized approach to gain control over their pain. Welcome to the show, Dr. Brown. So happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. For sure. Now, can you start by just sharing with us your story and your experience in treating chronic pain? Really, what led you to incorporate a more holistic model into the way that you treat pain? Um, so it was my training in physical medicine and rehabilitation that actually, it was kind of like a default pathway. Um, once you get into that training, it's like you automatically you're going to be treating chronic pain, whether you like it or not. And it's just because, again, it's it's the way we're trained. So initially I resisted, but then I realized I was good at listening to people, you know, giving them a voice and helping them to understand, you know, where their pain came from, um, most of which is trauma. And so, you know, over the years, lots of reading, self-education, that's something that I'm, I'm you know, I, I stay abreast of because I'm curious about it and I want to help people. I realized that you, you basically you cannot treat chronic pain with just pills. You have to have mm -hmm. an integrative approach. And so that idea of like, you know, more holistic kind of incorporating what I knew as a child growing up just came into play and everything just kind of fit. 
Yeah, and that's great. You know, we've heard so much in the media and through, you know, medical studies about the opioid crisis and opioid epidemic and how it's affected so many. And so it really is great that you're offering a different perspective so that people aren't so dependent on those medications that we know can cause more harm. Right, exactly. And so tell us a bit more about lifestyle factors, those things like diet, exercise, <laughs> sleep, and how do those things tend to impact chronic pain? You know, it's, it's interesting because I feel as though that there's such a barrage of that information out there nowadays. But the way I think of it, and, and let me just define what chronic pain is first. Chronic pain is any pain that continues beyond the three months. And we usually use three months as kind of like a gauge to say, okay, well, by now your pain, you shouldn't have pain because whatever it is that that injury should have healed. So basically in, in the sense of chronic pain, and there's many different reasons why people stay in pain, but essentially what it breaks down to is that the nervous system just never turns off. Okay. I like to think of the nervous system as kind of like this watchdog of the body and, and kind of like a surveillance system. So like any system, it needs to rest. It needs the right ingredients to be able to work and repair, because we can't forget that. That system, I mean, there's going to be things that are going to come, become broken and needs to be repaired and removed and so forth. And you need a way to remove the garbage that comes from as activities. You know, it's just like with, you know, you think about a car, a car, you know, you run a car and there's exhaust. That exhaust is that waste material, right? We eat, we get waste material in the form of urine and feces that comes out of the body, you know? So it's the same concept. So when we feed our bodies, Things that are toxic, meaning that the nerves don't like it, the nerves can't use it to, you know, regenerate and to function, is going to harm the body, this, or at least the nervous system. The same thing is that if you don't move to get the garbage out, if you don't rest to be able to repair the parts that are not working well or to, that are worn out, then overall the, the nervous system is just not going to work. And what that translates to is oftentimes feeling the pain in the body when there's no tangible evidence of physical damage. Meaning we look on an x-ray, an MRI, CT scan, ultrasound, whatever imaging, and we don't see what is causing that pain. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And even going beyond that, what we know is there's a lot of emphasis that's been placed and that we've learned more about in terms of mind-body and its connection, not only to pain perception, but also into how we cope with that level of pain. And so how do you handle that with your patients and clients in terms of mindset and emotional well-being uh, to mitigate chronic pain? And what techniques do you typically employ? Um, so basically, it, first of all, the person has to be ready. I cannot tell someone, hey, you know, this is how you should think about your pain if they're not ready to start thinking of it that way, right? So basically, when we talk about the mind-body connection, we know that what we think is going to manifest. I'm sure everyone has had a moment where they're thinking something and then it actually comes, you know, it comes true. You know, it's just the same idea of like us when we, you know, went to medical school, like we thought of ourselves as being doctors, like we saw ourselves being that and that kept us 
on that pathway. You know, it was hard. We had a lot of things to do, but we stayed on that pathway because we had that thought that we could be doctors, right? And in, in any profession, right? But what I find is in my chronic pain patients, what I see is that they they kind of have this kind of loop that they, they're stuck in. They're stuck in. So say, for instance, they had the injury, injury and insult. Something happened, right? Nervous system alerts their body, say, hey, that area is damaged. We're going to try and repair it, okay? Because the body is always trying to repair itself, believe it or not. <laughs> that nervous system doesn't shut down, okay? And that's where the chronic pain comes in. After three months, that pain is still felt, okay? Thoughts begin to come up because we always are telling ourselves stories about things that happen. Um, so the thought may be, I want to get rid of this pain. This pain is going to be with me forever. There's nothing I can do about it. And these are the what these are the things that I hear constantly with a lot of my chronic pain patients. Then that generates these feelings. So there's anger that the pain is there. There's resentment to the person who caused the injury. There's shame that they can't get rid of the pain, you know, themselves, that they have they, that they're dependent on others to help them with their, you know, day-to-day function. There's sadness because the pain, they think that the pain is going to be there forever. There's hopelessness. They don't believe the pain will go away. So there's all these feelings and emotions that start coming in. And from those, they take action because we know that whatever feelings, emotions that we have, we take action from it. So if you have those feelings, those actions are not going to be necessarily positive. It's going to kind of, the way I see it, they're kind of blindfolded into thinking that this is the only way that they can function. Okay. So they're not open to the idea that there are other possibilities out there for them to manage their pain. And so they continue with the same thought pattern and then the result is that they remain in pain. So what I do typically through coaching is I show them where they are, the thought loop that they're in. I kind of bring to light because that's the only way that they will know. They have to be aware. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of times if we're not aware of anything, we don't know what to do with it. We can't do anything with it. Right. Yeah. Being aware of that problem before you can tackle it. have to be. Yeah. And then once they're aware that's when I teach them, you know, how to become friends with their pain so that way they can learn about it as opposed to pushing it away. So we know that when we push something away, that's when it becomes closer to us, right? The things that we don't want, you're like, oh, I hate this. I don't want this. Those are the things that end up coming to us. And we see it time and time again. It's like this natural law out there. <laughs> and so, no, I'm serious. It's a true phenomenon. I see this all the time. But once you become you know, friends, you be with your pain, you become curious about it, then you get to understand, you know, what does it feel like? Where is it manifesting in your body? Where do you feel it? What makes it worse? What makes it better? What are things that you can do to alter the pain and how it how it's perceived in your body? So you 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 kind of get to understand it better. And so that way it's no longer as um as scary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I've heard, you know, I've heard a therapist explain it in a way of fact versus feeling similar to what you were saying. And she said, you know, she tries to get the point across is that fact does not equal feeling just Mm -hmm. because you're feeling a certain way. Then you have to ask yourself that second part. Is that really true? You know, just because Mm -hmm. you may be hurting with that pain, but that doesn't necessarily mean you can't walk at all, you know, for example. Yes. So separating really the fact versus the feeling. Mm -hmm. And I know a part of 
the question that you had asked was about kind of what techniques. I mean, mm -hmm. there's the coaching, but then there's also the body work. Um, touch, I would say, is like the most basic and necessary human activity that we can ever have. We know that studies have shown that babies who are not touched, they die. They don't thrive. Mm -hmm. We have to be touched. So one of the things in my training in, over the years is that I started off as a massage therapist and I actually was a massage therapist before I went into medical school. And so I studied craniosacral therapy and I did uh, shiatsu, which is kind of like a form of acupressure. While I was in residency, I actually studied acupuncture and now I'm board certified in acupuncture. And so I take all of these body work modalities and I can offer them to my clients as well as patients because I do acupuncture in my clinic. And by doing these different types of body work, it's a way to release the tension and that force. Because like say, for instance, someone's in an accident, right? A car accident that has resulted, say, for instance, in a fracture to the vertebra, like one of those bones in the spine, okay, for the audience who don't, you know, may not know the terminology, but, you know, that, that force created a, a fracture, but yet they're still feeling pain in that area because that force is still there. And so with body work, it's a way to help relieve or to remove and sort of dissipate that force so that the way it goes away from that area and then there's less pain. So that's something that involves someone else administering a, a technique to that person. But then you also have yoga, exercise, meditation, qigong dance, singing, chanting. These are other ways that that person can release that stuck energy for themselves. Right. So there's right. two approaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love that because it, it does, it takes it beyond just that physical realm and that physical aspect, but really gets down more to that emotional level of, of what's going on and uh, which, like you mentioned, does affect that pain perception. If you're frustrated with your weight, taking more medications than you'd like to, have been told that you are at risk for the development of a chronic preventable disease, or just are not feeling in the best of health, then I'm talking to you. Why? Because you're tired of fat dieting. You know it's time for a change and you want a sustainable plan to improve your health. If you have found yourself at this place in life, well, I have developed a program that's just for you. It's called The Essence of Health and it's your prescription for transformation. My goal with this program is to give you the tools needed to create sustainable lifestyle changes within a group coaching setting, along with one-to-one -one individualized coaching to give you a personalized path to health that's just for you. The benefits are priceless, so join today. Head on over to eohcoaching.com to learn more. The essence of health is in you. Now, so... We also know that sometimes what we put on our plate can be more detrimental to our bodies than healthful. So tell us about the role of food and its anti-inflammatory benefits in managing chronic pain. And then are there any particular foods that you recommend that your patients consume or even steer clear of on their plates? 
<laughs> so this is a good question and I read it. I was like, oh, this is this is kind of a loaded question. But um the way I see <laughs> because the, the thing is is that I, I provide individualized care. I don't I don't put like tell one person or tell everyone they have to do it this way. You know what I mean? Right, right. There but, is no one size fits all. No, but what I can say is that foods, drugs, medication, and nutritional supplements, four things. Those are the things that we have control over in terms of what enters into our bodies. We can't control a virus getting in, a bacteria, a fungus, or, you know, these other things. We can't control those things getting into our body. We can only hope that our immune system, which is kind of like the, you know, like a bouncer in a club, you know, like you you have always had people That's trying to get into analogy. a party. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, because they, they're like, oh, yeah, it's a hot party, but they're always trying to get in. And that bouncer is going to be there to, like, stop them from getting in. And that's not what our immune system does. So that's the analogy that I oftentimes will use for people. And I have other analogies depending on what, you know, the age of the person or whatever. But, you know, it's there to block. The immune system is there to prevent things from getting into our body. And then when we talk about inflammation, there are certain things that our bodies may not recognize and may not like, especially like foods, like certain foods. And so that will show up in a number of different symptoms, oftentimes feeling sluggish, sometimes pain, right? They feel kind of like this generalized pain throughout their body. And and it's like the way they describe it is like you touch them and it just like hurts, which is kind of unusual because that's not, it's not usual to, to feel that, right? Mm-hmm. When you touch someone, you shouldn't be in pain. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that that happens and that could be from the foods that they're eating that their body their immune system does not recognize and say, okay, we're trying to fight this off and our immune system, what happens is that when it's trying to fight things, it brings in the whole army. And those armies that they bring in, they often are toxic because they're chemicals, right? And those chemicals can be toxic to the nervous system, to the nerves themselves. And so that is what causes the oftentimes, you know, feeling pain. And don't forget too that to bring those armies in, you have to have fluid that comes in and that fluid can sort of create a pressure in that vicinity, wherever they, you know, wherever it is that they're going to. And that pressure can in and of itself create pain because again, the nerves are being pressed and they're like, listen, I don't know what's going on, but I don't like it. And it signals to the brain and say, hey, we're in pain. So the foods can actually do that. And so there are several classes of food that I, I, that I typically will tell people, you know, to pay attention to how their body feels. So I don't tell them, like, don't eat such and such. I want them to pay attention to what their bodies can tolerate and what their bodies cannot tolerate. So examples of such foods will include like red meat, dairy, gluten, some nuts. Okay. Even some fruits and vegetables, some people cannot tolerate them. You know, avocados, it's a great, this isn't an example, but avocados is like a great fruit that is good in like the good fats. It's healthy, has a good vitamin A and all of these great things, but some people can't, they can't tolerate it. Mm-hmm. So that's just an example. So what I usually do is I have people as part of my coaching for chronic pain, I actually have them keep a diary. So it's kind of like a, a food diary that what they're eating and then see if they have experienced like any bloating, any discomfort, headaches, any joint pain, soreness in the mouth, um, you know, anything that's unusual 
I want them to pay attention to what their body is telling them because the body usually will tell them. Our bodies are smart enough that we know what we don't want. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have them do that. Yeah, yeah. And so do you have them more like an elimination style, kind of cut out one thing and at a time Mm -hmm. they reintroduce it and see what that does? Correct. Yeah, some people I do have them do that. You know, some some food, some people are just like, they must have it. And I'm like, okay, so maybe, you know, like say for instance, gluten, um, dairy is a good one, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh my gosh, I have to have like dairy, something in my coffee, for instance. And I would say, okay, you may not necessarily use cow milk. Maybe you can use like um, coconut milk, mm-hmm. oat milk, almond milk, something you know, that's different, that's plant-based, that will still give them that kind of, you know, whatever it is that they're looking for, you know, clearer or or lighter coffee, for instance, you know, Mm -hmm. that they can still use those things. So, you know, I give them options and, you know, truly it's, it's, it's up to them because I'm not going to be home with them to say, Hey, you know what, make sure you stay away from, you know, the dairy for those who are very motivated, they will do it they will absolutely do it. And so I do kind of an elimination like every two weeks. Okay, let's let's hold off on this particular food. Okay, let's move to the next food group and then so forth. And Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And just to clarify for our audience, some of those more highly inflammatory things you pointed out, uh, dairy, red meat, gluten, kind of some of the, the typical culprits um, that we know yeah. that, that can contribute there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, Going back to the movement piece of this, we do commonly hear how some patients who have suffered from trauma or chronic pain, maybe even fearful of exercise and movement from their history with pain. Uh, But at the same time, we know that we do need physical activity for our overall health. So what are some of those specific exercises or movement therapies that can be uh, beneficial for someone suffering from chronic pain? I know you briefly mentioned yoga, but maybe Mm -hmm. how even yoga, how can that be helpful? So yoga is, as we know, I don't know if people know, but it's, it's been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's basically a series of movements that help to, you know, promote the natural functioning of the body. So this is from the GI system, the musculoskeletal system, even brain health and so forth. So this is where kind of my training in physical medicine and rehab comes in because we are used to dealing with spinal cord injury patients, you know, stroke patients, you know, people, amputees. So people who already have physical limitations. Yoga can be done in any setting. It does not necessarily have to be done on the floor. It can be done in the chair. And you don't have to do all the movements that are, you know, that you see people doing. So when, you know, obviously you do a search on the internet and you see these people doing all these like, you know, different moves and, and yeah. standing on their standing head. Standing on their head and yeah. one arm. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't have to do all of that. You don't. You you basically all you need is just like certain movements. And it could just be sitting in a chair. And if you have the movement, if you have the strength. And the ability to move your arms is just simply just moving your arms up as you breathe and then down because it combines movement with breathing. So that's simply what they can do. And I'll, oftentimes I'll send people to do like chair yoga. I usually try to scout out like in my area who's doing what and then give people that information and leave it up to them and say, hey, you know what, this is an option for you that you could do, you know, your chair yoga, 
for instance, especially if you cannot get up and down off the floor for those people with arthritis. You know, simple stretches they can do in the in, on their own. Um, if somebody shows them, I usually will send them to physical therapy and they can help show them exercises that they can do. Qigong is another good one that um, I think not too many people know. It depends on which part of the United States that you live in. Um, a lot of times in the bigger cities, you will see people doing like more Qigong and some of these other movements. But what Qigong is, is like kind of like slow movements that are sort of aligns with the body, but um, you hold them and you breathe as you're holding them. So in a, in a way, it's kind of like, it's not the same as yoga. Sounds similar to Tai Chi, would you say? Maybe similar to yeah, Tai Chi is another good one. Yeah, mm -hmm. so Qigong, Tai Chi, these are slow rhythmic movements that aligns with the body and then you're holding it and also helping with like strength. So it's really good for a lot of older people you know, um, not just older people, but anyone, anyone can do that. So these are just some of these modalities that they can use. If they can get in the water, aquatic therapy is another yeah. one. The water is very soothing, very calming. Mm -hmm. uh, oftentimes we like to hear water because uh, it, it has a calming effect. Even better if you can get into it, if right. you're able to. And I know not everybody can go down the stairs because most pools will have a stairs to go down into. Some of them, they can't. If they have access to the beach, not everybody does. But if they do um, and they are able to get into the water, just, you know, just simply getting to like, you know, chest height will be sufficient right. enough and just moving. Okay. What there are, are some pools now too uh, for the audience that have some zero entry ways of getting into the pool to almost similar to a beach where it's you know it's more of a grass. Yeah, there um, are. Flooring. Yeah, yeah, they are, and then they have the chairs to lift people, and I've seen them use them at the YMCA. I'm a big fan of the YMCA. Yeah, because they yeah. really try to accommodate for anybody with any any you know limitations in their physical bodies. So they really try to accommodate. What's so unique about all of these that we just spoke about is the fact that they turn off that fight or flight system which is the sympathetic nervous system and you're like oh my gosh something is always going to happen I don't know what's going to happen and you are on and just tense all the time and it turns on that that rest and relax parasympathetic system that allows us to be able to just breathe to think to digest to just be calm yeah. And, and that's so important. Get Just even getting back to that mind-body connection, you know, mm -hmm. that we spoke about um, being able to just get your brain back centered into that space so that you, you can cope and recover from, from that pain that you've been feeling. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. And so before you leave us, Dr. Brown, are there yeah. any other holistic modalities that we didn't touch on that you like to recommend? It, there's a couple of them and 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 these are um because again becoming more mainstream so there is grounding in the earth like literally just going out there and yeah. shoes off um, yeah you know we're hearing so ground. much more about grounding therapy now too yeah. yeah and the way I think of it is just that you know there is an energy on the earth and we are part of that network and so when we ground ourselves, meaning that we physically are in touch with the earth, no shoes, our body is in touch directly with the earth, you know, which is like, you know, some soil, <laughs> somewhere you can find soil. 
uh, or grass or whatever, and you put your feet there, you can actually connect with that energy that's in the earth. Because again, we're part of that. And so a lot of people start, you know, have done that and they've seen like say varicose veins, the varicose veins actually um, lessen. Um, it's not as, um, um, they're not as bulky, like, because a lot of times it's congestion. So that congestion that's in the veins actually decreases for some people. Some people, they, they feel more calmer. So a lot of people with anxiety, um, some people with like the restless leg syndrome, um, which is the one where they feel as though like their their legs cannot relax at all. Grounding can help with that. So grounding on the earth is one. Nature walks, just going to nature and just listening, um, whether to the breeze, um, going through the trees, um, to the birds. Oftentimes the birds are always saying something. <laughs> They're always talking. Depending on where you live, you may see some other animals, um, you know, Depending on your country, uh, like I said, the part of the world, you can go into the water and see dolphins, swim with them. I'm more of a sea person, <laughs> so I always like to go by the water. So um, that's one thing. Uh, cold plunges, you've heard of those. That's one way of resetting the nervous system and decreasing inflammation. But there's some science to it, and they're still exploring that to determine how long, how often that you do this. Is it helpful? Is it harmful? Then there's the infrared sauna, which is more the heat, because we know that um, oftentimes heat works better um, in my clinical experience for people with chronic pain, um, especially like uh, arthritic pain. So infrared sauna is a good one to get into. Again, the research is still out there in terms of how long, how frequent do you do them? Um, you know, I usually tell people for either the cold plunge or the infrared, you know, just go based upon how you feel and what you think is best for you. Start off with just, especially with the cold plunge, maybe doing a minute and then seeing if you could work up and then, um, you know, determining how you feel afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just being quiet. Um, a lot of times we are in, uh, unfortunately, is a world where we're always on. We're always listening to something. We're always, there's no quiet anymore. <laughs> and I think we have to create that because quiet is kind of like a, a, a hot commodity nowadays. But we do have to create that in our lives. And I think if we do that, that can actually help as well. Yeah, those those are great. And what I love most about that is just that there are options. You know, mm-hmm. we started out talking about how, you know, for so many chronic pain individuals, all they thought was that it was just a medication, just taking these opiates or these, you know, insates or these other things, but mm-hmm. just knowing that there are so many other options out there uh, is promising. Absolutely. And I think for me, one of the things that I do, because I do incorporate the use of pharmaceuticals, um, including opioids, um, in a safe way, um, but I use it mainly with a focus on function and improving function. And as function improves and they're ready to come off of it, like I will help them wean off of it. But I'm also talking to them about those other modalities. Hey, what can what else can you do? and incorporate right. into your life. Now that your pain, like, you know, for instance, someone's pain is really intense. Um, I get them on a medication regimen that lowers it by at least 50%. Hey, that means that you can go out, you could do some exercise, you could do some walking, 
What mm-hmm. do you want to do? What can you start incorporating? And so I talk with them about that. So okay. it's kind of like, you know, I, I, I bridge kind of both worlds. And then with my acupuncture for those who are open to trying it um, and want to try um, to manage their pain and using no pharmaceuticals, you know, I'll definitely, that's an option for them as well. Right. And I do that and, you know, clear expectations, no mm-hmm. I tell them, you know, there's, you, you may not get any, any benefit after the first, second, maybe third um, treatments. It may take six, 10, 15. It all depends. Right. So, um, yeah. So that's kind of what I do. I just yeah, combine yeah. it. And, you know, that also points to the beauty of having physicians also in this health coaching and, and coaching world too, because, you know, you do have the knowledge, the expertise, and you're able to mesh medical pharmaceutical therapy along with the alternatives that are out there. That's much as also what I do in the world of obesity medicine for my mm-hmm. patients suffering from chronic obesity too. You know, we still use those medication modalities that are out there, but we also combine other things and lifestyle changes and, um, other strategies to be able to accomplish that goal for them. And I think that's just, you know, the beauty of having physicians in this space too, as coaches. Yeah. I think it's really necessary. You know, unfortunately, sometimes you read and you hear these things like, Oh, all the, all the physician wants to do is just give medications and that's all they want to push. And, you know, it's not true. Um, I think majority of the physicians out there truly want to help people. It's just a matter of what tools they have available to them. Um, and then also too, what are the expectations of the patients, of the, the the person who's seeking their help? You know, because I've had people come in and their expectation is, hey, medication is the only thing that's going to work for me. I can't have that conversation about the other modalities and having them understand their pain and, you know, becoming friends with their pain. They may look at me like I'm crazy because for them it's medication and that's it. And I respect that. Mm -hmm. And so I work with them and they say, okay, if that medication is the only thing, let's try and do it in a safe way. As I get to know them, I may see a window of opportunity to really talk to them about these other modalities. But in the beginning, I have to, I have to meet their expectations. Exactly. Yeah. And that relationship piece is mm-hmm. so important there too, which I find is is missing, you know, from the traditional healthcare setting, which I think why, you know, we have so much, much mistrust there too, because there's yeah. not much of that relationship, uh, but, you know, having these lengthier visits and like you said, these longer discussions with patients do allow you to have that deeper level connection there. Absolutely. Yeah, well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your expertise with my audience. Now, how can my audience connect with you to learn more about what you do? So I have two branches. Um, So I see people in the traditional, um, you know, Western medicine uh, practice, you know, um, where I accept insurance. And that's at a clinic here in Central Florida. For those people who want to work with me, they can just simply call 352 Seven three two, three one one zero, and just um, ask to schedule an appointment with me. Of course, um, they'll ask for insurance, and they'll have to get authorization and all the the fun stuff that goes on behind the scenes before a patient is seen. Um, so that's a traditional, you know, Western model. And then, um, then I have a separate side where I actually work with people who really truly want to 
get rid of their pain. I want to say get rid of it, but manage their pain in a more holistic way. And that's where the coaching comes in because these sessions, um, they're not covered by insurance, but they're deeper dives. Um, and so I get really, this is where I spend a lot of time. I'm able to spend more time with that person and really understand where their pain is coming from and really guide them. And so that I do through my coaching, my private coaching, and they can reach me at betterhealthlifecoaching.com. And everything is spelled out, betterhealthlifecoaching.com. Awesome. Awesome. And I'll be sure to put all of that in the show notes so that our audience can connect with you. So thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for joining me today on the Essence of Health Tea Time Podcast. Click the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform so that you never miss a moment of the Essence of Health Tea Time podcast. Check out the show notes to obtain your free tips for healthy living guide to get you started on your health and wellness path. Follow me on social media at Essence of Health Wellness Clinic on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube and at dr.tw at eohwc on TikTok. Interested in becoming a member of the Essence of Health Coaching Program? Well, head on over to www.eohcoaching.com. The Essence of Health is in you.